Well, we're learning uh, more information about one of the country's highest profile murders, and I'm talking about the shocking killings of Honey and Barry Sherman. And um, you will recall that the billionaire couple were found hanging in their home by the pool by a real estate agent showing that home on Friday, December 15th of 2017. And we know that the couple had last been seen alive on Wednesday the 13th. And it was initially reported as a murder-suicide, but there was a lot of debate, certainly from the family who heard it through the media and instantly said, no, it did not happen. So, of course, they hired their own investigative team, and it was their pathologist who would come in days later and immediately declare this was a double murder. And now we're learning that the police knew earlier than they said that, in fact, it was not a murder-suicide. So... Did all that initial squabbling and that delay impact the investigation? Because we're now five months since that murder, and we still don't have those answers. Well, the reason we're finding out all of this information is because Kevin Donovan, one of the best investigative journalists in this country, has been following this story and been doing the digging. He joins me now with the latest. You know, Kevin, we're now learning through you, through your investigative work, um, that it was about 48 hours between when the uh, the Shermans were seen and when someone discovered them, and yet there were people in the house. Yeah, what happened? Uh, they were last uh, known to be alive Wednesday, uh, December 13th in the evening, let's say around 7 p.m., because uh, there were some emails sent from Barry Sherman to his company. And then uh, the next day, Thursday, passes with nobody... Uh, Apparently checking in on them at all, and I guess you know they're they're busy, and and their their family is is busy, and Apotex is busy. Uh, Thursday passes, and then Friday morning, there's a scheduled uh, person who waters the plant, and also a housekeeper comes in at eight thirty a.m. It's a big house, thirty six hundred square feet uh, on the on the main floor and the second floor, and for two hours while the bodies were laying in the basement, what I call the basement, but in the pool room, which is in the, the lower level. Uh, for two hours, they were working away, watering plants and and, uh, and tending to the house. And then the uh, real estate agent came for a scheduled uh, tour with some clients uh, who I've not spoken to. I don't know who they are, but brought the clients in at around 1030. And at 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday, December 15th, they were just uh, uh, being shown down a hallway and the, the agent for the Shermans was in the lead and it rounded the corner, saw this macabre scene and then said something, I don't know what, and ushered them back uh, and then you know calls were made to the police I mean probably the I mean to, to describe it as frightening it would not even do it justice to see that kind of scene uh, when you're just a real estate agent or any kind of typical person would be horrific yeah it, it boggles the mind actually yeah um, and so they get discovered it's called in I guess by the housekeeper as you suggest to the police and then they come it was so quick that they said murder suicide even though detectives from homicide were assisting in that initial investigation and yet they diagnosed it as a, a murder suicide and then it was a full month and a bit before you know the the family of the shermans brought in their own detectives and did their own pathology work and found out that yes indeed it was a double murder but Clarify why it took so long to police to correct yeah, the narrative. Yeah, I'll just sort of do kind of a TikTok through that. Uh, uh, December 15th, the bodies are discovered. And yes, homicide was assisting, but it was 33 division investigators who were the lead on that on that Friday evening. 
and I think on the Saturday. Uh, two autopsies are held, one on each of them. It's done by a doctor named uh, uh, Dr. Michael Pickup, who's a forensic pathologist. He's experienced. He's been doing it for seven years, uh, but relatively young in the forensic pathology world. My understanding is that he took uh, samples from around their wrists uh, because he noticed abrasions that uh, were consistent with uh, uh, a rope or other ligature, mark, maybe even plastic straps, those tie straps, uh, uh, and those straps found at the scene. So he takes the uh, biopsies and sends them off to be uh, to be uh, analyzed to see if they're new or old. And, and I, I, my understanding is that they're they're new, uh, they were fresh. And uh, but then the police uh, file search warrants uh, over the next few days, which I have copies of the documents that show that they were in December thinking it was murder suicide. Four days after the first set of autopsies, that's when the family does their second set of autopsies, and they get um, uh, criminal lawyer Brian Greenspan, who hires uh, a Dr. David Chase, on Ontario's former chief forensic pathologist, uh, to do it. And, and apparently, you're allowed to do your own autopsy if you uh, if you ask, and 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 they asked, and. What he was aided by was the visit by the more junior pathologist who actually came into the autopsy suite and uh, said, you may want to see these pictures. You're looking at risks, uh, risks that are um, that are damaged by the autopsy process. Here's what I found. And Chason looks at that, and my understanding is he decides that looks like they were tied together, like it looks very much like that. And then he looks at the, at the, the, the necks um, of the Shermans, and uh, my understanding uh, is the, that the determination was made that the belts that they were uh, held up with were not the manner of strangulation. Something else strangled them. And, uh, and Barry Sherman was wearing one belt, as most as a man would do. Uh, one belt uh, was used to then hold him in a sitting position after he was dead. Where the other belt came from, nobody seems to know. Do you think, from what you've seen through the search warrants and, and what you've been able to gain, did they screw up? Well, I only know what I know. Uh, and I don't know uh, any of the other information that the police had that day. It, it, uh, and I'm just being hypothetical here, it is possible that somebody talked to the police and said, listen, I, I think that uh, you know things that I know about them might lead you to believe it's a murder-suicide. We don't know that. But looking at the forensics, uh, what I've been told about the forensics, it does appear that the police made a mistake. Well, they did make a mistake yeah. because, because then a month later, I come out with a story in the Toronto Star saying, that the private pathology work has determined it's a double murder. I didn't say the, right. anything about the police. I said the private work, that was on a Saturday. We published that story. And on the Monday, who did the Toronto police go to speak to? The second pathologist. Right. And then four days later, we have that big press conference. Had the Shermans not had the means that they did, the family, it's very well that this just would have been slaughtered away as a, a murder-suicide. Yeah, it would have. And, and I, I don't know anything about the cost of doing the second autopsy. I don't think we're talking, uh, I mean, we're probably talking in the thousands, but we're not talking the hundreds of thousands. But, but they had the stature would, and, yeah. But who would know to do exactly. that? I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine uh, thinking of that. And I think that's been done one or two times in Ontario in the last 50 years, but very rare. The family, though, they've gone through this process. We're months now away from it, five months. Do you think that they're going to close this case and get someone? Well, I've not heard anything. I mean, I, people who get interviewed by the police, then sometimes I talk to those people, and I, I've not heard anybody recently who's been interviewed. Uh, they could uh, have an arrest by the time we walk out of the studio tonight, uh, but I don't see any evidence that they're getting close to something. 
I went to court, the star went to court to try and get access to more of the search warrant documents. We were told we can't have them now because it's an ongoing active investigation. I'll be going back to court in a few months and uh, trying again and saying, look, uh, it doesn't seem to be active. Uh, the public has a right to see these documents. Have you spoken to the family? And if so, how are they doing? Well, I mean, I don't like to say who I've talked to. Right. I certainly have not talked oh, no. to um, the family uh, on the record. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm on or off, I've not talked to the actual children. I, I do talk to people uh, who are in the, in the family circle of the Shermans. Uh, well, they're, they're not doing well. I mean, they're, they're all relatively uh, young people who had their own lives, and uh, all of a sudden they're dealing with this, uh, this huge uh, uh, uproar in their life. And uh, uh, Apotex, I don't think that the that they want to um, to be in the pharmaceutical business. Uh, I think they all have their own uh, jobs, and uh, so it's it's uh, uh, it's a it's a big uh, situation for all of them to deal with. Sure, because they're living in darkness. Last question: Are they going to keep that house? Are they going to sell it? Are they going to tear it down? What are they going to do? Because that that to me would be the kind of home that once they sell it and it's gone, it becomes kind of a a looky loo where people kind of want to look and see. Yeah, my understanding, and I've not done any reporting on this, but I have read uh, in the media that their plan was, uh, once everything is, is done, to demolish the house and then just sell it as a building lot, which, uh, I mean, it, it, it seems like a nice house. We've all seen the interior shots uh, of it, but it certainly does become what you describe, something for people to go and, and gawk at. And, and, and I don't think the neighbors would want that. No, it would be uh, very difficult. Well, great work. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. That is Kevin Donovan. He's done amazing, amazing work and keeps coming up with more and more information. Global News Radio.